Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Two Point Conversion Monday Night Football pregame show. This is week nine. Almost thought it was week 10 for a sec. We're not at week 10 yet. That's coming. We're still in week nine. And I'm still Kyle Sunra, still Sunra says, still talking, as always. Uh, and as always, joined by my co hosts, Gladys. How are you doing? Oh, uh, you know, I'm here. I'm here. I have a uh, slight under the weather, but nothing really major, just a little bit. And I have my, you know, hydrogenated water. So Ooh. we're good. We're good. Un- under the weather, perhaps, but, you know, appreciate you for soldiering on and, and uh, joining us here. But uh, Dude, I, do, I do nothing. It's like I'm sitting here. Okay. I, it's, not like, it's not like I'm heavy lifting or anything, Kyle. You're doing all that. Gladys, you are you are the glue that holds this show <laughs> together and keeps it from going completely insane off the rails every week. Completely Gladys insane. Glue. And, uh, you know, might be under the weather, but over top on the video of Discord Dan, Delightful Dan, the promo pr- pimp himself, That's the right. says, how you doing, Dan? You nearly missed it. I know what you were about to say there for a second. You nearly missed it. <laughs> I am very good, my friend. The Giants didn't lose this weekend and uh, couldn't couldn't be happier. It was once again, once again, another good week for the Giants. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but for the, you did better but, than half the team that's it that's it yeah i've made us and six others but look uh had a good week on the props with underdog uh you know promo code gf2 100 matching deposit up to 100 bucks uh but we did we did pretty good on the uh the props this week on underdog i'm really happy considering there was no show but i put that out on discord which you go to going for two.com server and check that out i put that into the prop bet section there and uh went 10 for 14 i was pretty happy because that could have gone there was a couple that were close, like Derek Carr was close and Jacobs was close, but off. Could have had a very big week in that, but pretty happy nonetheless. It was a good week. Good football, some good games as well. It wasn't, I don't know if you guys caught that on. We've had a few weird weeks of some games that have just been absolute atrocious this week. Some entertaining stuff. It was great to watch this week. Pretty happy. So unless you're a Packers fan, I'm just catching oh, the highlights yeah, now. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there was some good football this week. There's also ultimate depressing football for Kyle over here. Uh, yeah, um, I, I I appear alive, but I have no soul anymore. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? It's a it's a fact that every time the Packers got down to the five yard line, if they had just taken a kneel and let Crosby kick for field goals, they still would have lost. Wow. <laughs> Hi, Doc. How are you? <laughs> oh man well i'm i'm doing well i'm i'm back uh from from halfway around the world but i did get to catch some of discord dan's friday show which for me was like i don't know saturday night or something and i saw a little bit of gladys uh hosting the sunday morning show she did which was fun. <laughs> dan is correct again um, if you say it often was, enough it that happens. was pretty great it, but it's good to be back and uh, we were talking about a little bit before the show. Um, I was in the Maldives, which is in the Indian Ocean. It's halfway around the world, and it's a 10-hour time difference. So for a week and a half, I was even more insane with getting up at weird times to set waivers and set lineups and make sure that this guy was playing and that guy wasn't playing. And, and uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty intense. So the fact that I was able to not, like, have an open spot in any of my lineups and not, like – totally like piss off my wife uh because <laughs> i was like doing fantasy football while she was like doing other stuff getting ready i'm like okay i got like 10 minutes like what time is it back home oh it's two o'clock in the morning i don't have to worry about it and then there were other times where it's like 
oh no, what time is it? Oh, the game's going to kick off in like 10 minutes. I got to make sure this guy's playing and make sure he's in the lineup and got it all done. So I'd have, I'd have just taken L's that week, mate. In the Maldives, I'd have just taken L's. I wouldn't have looked back. Uh, I wouldn't have ever been too, looking at too far. We're too far in it now. We're, this is it. We're getting close <laughs> to crunch time. We're coming down the stretch. We got a lot just, of time and energy invested in these teams. This yeah, is not the time no. to pack it in. Well, so you you're know, a better, doc. You're a better person than I am. <laughs> I would have just, I would have yeah, turned my phone on You said it, weeks. not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is why you're a doctor. No. <laughs> he applied himself. We're glad you're back, Doc. We missed <laughs> well, you. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. good to have you back. We're glad you're back. Uh, seems like the, the listeners, viewers are glad. Gator's here mentioning exactly that. Uh, Gator also wants to know what the Giants record is, uh, Dan. Undefeated, my friend. It does relate to this question. Is Rogers going to retire oh midweek? God, it's funny because this, this, this does seem like it's going to be his last season, if nothing else for this, how his career is kind of arced. Rogers is already retired. He's well, yeah, that, that's <laughs> he's quite, he's quiet quit on the Packers. Yeah, he's like, um, he but although no, without, no. But he's still not staying quiet. He's like me; he just talks. I've, um, I have been saying as long as long as I have fibers in my body, he is going to tamper once Brady retires with a fully decked offense that's ready to go. Once Brady retires in twenty twenty nine, I he's know, done. right? He's done after this year. He's cooked. They ain't even gonna bring him back. But Rogers, oh my god, you give oh, me my- Rod- you give me Rogers with Godwin's Godwin and Evans and Otten and Fournette. I, I, I you man. don't think Rogers would go there? I've been saying it since I, every year that he hasn't extended. Rogers hasn't extended his contract. You notice the trend? Brady extends. Rogers extends. Brady extends, Rogers extends. I've been saying it for the last two years that ever since ever since Brady went there, I, I feel like Rogers would take the pay cut because he's milking the Packers for everything they got. I, I would. He's got a Tampa, and he's just going to laugh in the NFC South. You know what I think? Can can they trade Rogers for Brady? Because I, I think at this point, I would rather have Brady on the Packers than Rogers. So, I. Wow. I, I you would have rather have anybody on the Packers than Rogers. I'm telling you. Has- I'm glad Jordan Love's not starting. <laughs> I think that Why? would be worse. Oh, uh, would it? But, Could it? I can't. There's no uh, way. Well, to be, be fair, Gladys, good point. So Packers have lost five straight, starting with Dan's Giants. Uh, so that's funny how the, the Giants destroyed the Packers. So good job. You sure Dan. did. Absolutely ruined them. <laughs> wait, wait till wait till low steam mix hears about the this. True. Yeah. Oh my God, Doc is frozen. He he's back in the motives. Doc, he's, he's back. In the, he's on motives. Oh no. Oh, and he's back. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, right. he, he he does think Rogers is better than Brady, so yeah, he, he's not going to like that. I'll bring that up on Speak on it tomorrow. Okay. Joining live or from in the live comments, like everyone else here joining the live chat. So, which, if you want to do so, you can do so on goingfor2.com uh, live or sorry YouTube, and then uh, search going for two live on YouTube. You can find our YouTube page there. We're also on Twitch and Facebook. Uh, you can see the videos on Twitter, but we cannot see your comments. So. Uh, glad to see everyone here. Apparently, the, the big boss, Jeff's here, mentioning the crew is back. Yeti's watching us go. Um, <laughs> and I guess Yeti already has a question. Uh, is So we'll start here, Doc, with a, okay. we always talk injuries, of course. Every uh, every game, we do have a doctor here, Dr. James Ferretti, author of the, uh, the great book, Fantasy Suck. Or, no, it doesn't. Fantasy's <laughs> awesome. Injuries suck, but your fantasy team doesn't have to. Uh, and this book definitely doesn't suck either. This this book's amazing. So it's like he's uh, got it's like he's got access to the show sheet. It's wild. We got that. Well, all and right. it's funny. Gladys mentioned heavy lifting, but Dan did all the promos at the start, so he's doing the heavy lifting. But now, Doc, we give it on to you. You're you're back, and uh, we're giving you the heavy workload right away. Like the, like you know, 
Jonathan Taylor usually. Um, sorry, I lost that comment. Yeah, he. It was a question. Did does JT yeah. get shut down for the rest of the season? No, and uh, before Saturday. before we even, <laughs> I know, right? Before <laughs> we even uh, jump into that, one of the amazing things about like packing and going on vacation, it's like the stuff that you find. So while I was like getting my, well, I haven't been on a trip in like since pre-COVID, right? So I'm going through my stuff and look at this gem that I pulled out uh, from the from the nether regions. Like hmm. I haven't I haven't seen one of these things in like I don't know ten years. Anyway, um, <laughs> so speaking speaking of uh, unceremonious transitions, Frank Wright, <laughs> you're fired. Didn't we talk one. about this a couple weeks ago? Where it's like if you point your finger at everybody else, you got three fingers pointing back at you, and maybe Frank Reich is the problem. Well, it turns out that uh, Jim Ursay maybe agrees a little bit. Um, so this has some effect on on JT as well. Like, what do you guys think about like Jeff Saturday coming in? Super popular guy as far as the Colts are concerned, but forget about the injuries. Like, do you think that this is going to affect like JT's usage, even if he was healthy? I think that's the first question. And then we can get to the injury part of it, which I can definitely speak on. Um, you see, I, I, so Dan Orlask, Orlowski, Orlowski, yeah. whatever his name is, I, I don't know. I don't like him, but I don't like him. No, I know. He's, does. I know. Eh. He's, he he's wasn't good as a quarterback. He's not good as a, as a sports Thank you. So I don't know why uh, he has a job. He's not good at anything. Uh, that's called failing upwards. Happens a lot to white males in the United I ca- States. I call it quarterback <laughs> privilege. If you played quarterback in the NFL, you probably want, even if you're not good at it at all. Get all the white miles. Get them. Uh, so anyway, um, he was saying that he didn't think Saturday would take the job unless he had like some kind of insurance that if they did well, he would get it full time. I think that Saturday is going to run the shit out of JT if he is healthy, because that is his only path to winning. Uh, unless he, and taking Ellinger out of there, I don't even know why he was quarterbacking. If if Matt Ryan's okay, but I think JT oh, is not going to be shut down. What? Nick Foles. I I don't understand. Nick Foles is probably the best quarterback on that team. I don't understand why he doesn't get a shot. He can actually oh, win a Super Bowl, yeah. like Matt Ryan. He might now. I mean, um, I agree with you, Gladys. And I don't even know about the insurance thing. Like, of of he needs to win games because honestly, you win games, you you get jobs, right? So he just he want he wants he's got this opportunity. The only way he's gonna be able to be a coach anywhere after this is if he wins games. If he goes out right. and loses every game, no one's ever going to hire him again. So if, if, yeah, I think his job's on the line, just like every coach in the NFL. So yeah, I'd agree with you. Dan, go ahead. Sorry. The, the, the wonderful Amy Trask put it out there and she said, maybe he's looking at this job for a potential move as the GM. If something was to happen to Chris Ballard, which would make sense. He gets a feel for the players and he gets into the front office and he can control whatever, he, whatever he can after that, because He's not a coach. Let's face it. Like he's not. He has zero pedigree in that regard. But isn't he coaching some like a high, high school, school team? In, yeah, a high, high school, school team. team out in like Pennsylvania, Dracula yeah, exactly. or something. I don't know. But it's like this could be a way for him to move into the front office for an organization he knows very well. He's beloved. He's what Ring of Honor, all that sort of stuff. So that could be a way for him to move into a position like that with Ballard. Because let's face it, if half the blame is on Ballard, half is Half of it's on Reich the other way, right? So, you know, that could, that could be something to look for as well. So maybe he's just doing that now in prep for that, if that's something that Ursay is going to look at as well. Because let's face it, Ballard, like, I like Ballard. I think he's made some great picks, great drafts. I thought Reich was a great hire as well, but they just haven't nailed this quarterback 
position since luck left and they haven't held we spoke about it last week their offensive line has kept zero quarterbacks healthy not just luck so this is where they're at and if anybody knows this how to protect the quarterbacks probably jeff saturday right so yeah he knows a little bit about that so that could be something to look at at the end of the season but for now like and, and the funny thing is is that the afc south is still up for grabs if you believe in the <clears throat> if you believe in the titans what zero receptions from a zero targets for a receiver last night? Zero zero targets to a wide receiver last night or a reception to a receiver, like something stupid. Like they can only go so far doing what they're doing. That that division's still up for grabs. Jacksonville's still a chance for what it's worth. Like they beat what the Raiders, right? They're there are three and five, the, three and six. The Texans have the worst record in the NFL. They still have a chance. Like they still have a chance. That division's up for grabs. So they're like, make a move like this. Like even when they went to Ellinger, like I still went there. Like Foles can win you games. We know this. Reich has won games with Foles. This is so silly. That division's up for grabs. And you've made like a complete like leap off a cliff for a reason that no one really knows. There's got to be something more behind it because this is kind of outrageous. Why would you go to Ellinger for this? This is silly. They were winnable games against winnable teams. Falls could have got the job done with half the players around. We've seen him do it before. See, I always thought that going to Ellinger was a Ursay decision. I couldn't see... It, sa- it seemed like it too, but like as soon as that becomes an Ursay decision, Reich's cooked. Well, yeah. is that why? Right. Is it, Reich kind of went along with it? Okay, well, I'll give him two games, then yeah. he, he kind of put his stamp on. No, I'm. I want to go to Foles, and Ursay said no, and it's well, I'm out of here then. That's that feels like there's more behind it, and I'm sure we'll hear more more about it the, soon enough. Because this is, is just a bad move in, in general. Because Foles, we saw it last year, he went to Chicago, he wins a game. We can't do that, and he got hooked. Like that's it. He can he yeah. could have won enough games with Pittman, Campbell, Taylor, Hines. Even though, like, why would you sack a guy? a coach after you've made trades. Like, it's just one of those weird things. Like, if this is in his team and you're making trades, you're making trades for a coach that you don't have. It's kind of weird. It's Well, and I think very short-sighted because they just fired their offensive coordinator last week. It seems it's, like it's if wild. you knew you were going to fire Reich, why fire the OC? You'd at least want I, some continuity. So that's – that. this this whole mess seems kind of like a mess. So okay, all to think, say, Doc, I think – Our we, problem is we think that Ursa is doing this sober. We all know that that's not happening. I didn't want to say he's on the oh, source, wow. but that was my next statement. Yeah. Wow. Well, and you you said it like you you were you were doing your essay impression. Right there. <laughs> Just don't drink and drive, folks. Please don't do that. Um, but uh, so, Doc, all to answer, I think what you're saying, we don't think the coaching change affects Taylor. It, it this okay. is purely health. So back to your department. What's your gut on it? Does Taylor get shut down this season? Um. So the short answer is maybe. But here's a better answer. Um, So it looks like his ankle injury, he missed two weeks with it the first time around, came back. You know, he hasn't really been the Jonathan Taylor that everybody expected all year anyway. So he re-aggravates his injury in week eight. He misses week nine. And again, he missed two weeks last time. Is it reasonable to expect that he could miss that or more? Um, It's certainly possible. But even if he comes back, the whole idea of Jonathan Taylor is, you know, the volume. Uh, you know, it was the main thing coming into the year, the health that he, you know, he didn't have any health issues like dating back to like high school. And I think this really underscores, you know, kind of something that gets played, played up in draft season and, and the preseason where it's this illusion of somebody is healthy or they're, they're safer because they've never been injured before. And it's just a fallacy. Like there are players in the NFL 
that are more injury prone, like they're, you know, recidivist injury issues. Um, you know, somebody like Julio Jones in the last couple of years, Michael Thomas now, um, you know, players that they have had injuries and therefore they're at a higher risk for injuries. But the idea that just because somebody hasn't been injured before, it's an inherently risky activity. So it's kind of like saying, uh, I'm going to use, we're going to use the drinking analogy again. It's like, I'd rather drive home with this drunk driver behind the wheel because he's never been in an accident before. It's like that logic just kind of falls apart when you think about like, it's not safe to be behind the wheel with a drunk driver. He's that best drunk driver. Not that safe to play had an accident or not. So yeah. this idea that a running back is safe because he's never been injured before, it just doesn't really work. So just something to carry forward that doesn't really have anything to do with it right now. Um, even even when he comes back, I still think they're going to work in Zach Moss potentially. I think that, uh, you know, Deion Jackson has shown that he could maybe be like the, you know, Naeem Hines, you know, 2.0 in this offense. And what's the offense even going to look like? So there's a lot of questions here. So what does it all, what does it all mean? It means is, is that if you have somebody in your league who still values Jonathan Taylor on the name value and you can get something back from that and you're in a position to move on, I think it's worth pursuing just because he's a lot more risky now than he was, you know, even when he just first injured his ankle two or three weeks ago. Like there's a lot more variables in play and any one of them can undo his season injury or not. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And then it does actually transition us nicely to another question. I think uh, Dan put this in. Um, so which, or, or sorry, I guess the, the other thing would be, yeah, if you're, if you're trying to sell away Taylor, would you be more inclined to buy like a DeAndre Swift who's also injured? Like, is there one between the two that you think is more like, again, you know, which not to say which drunk driver you want to drive with? Cause right. yeah, I, none of us have gone drunk driving with you, Brian. I don't think we ever want to. Um, no. I think we can, we can drive away from those analogies now, but hey, uh, Brian, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're not scaring me with a good time there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so DeAndre Swift, uh, like, do you think that's a, a more scary situation, less scary? How, how would you compare the two? I think it's more scary in the sense that, um, so like, let's just do a short recap of like what happened. So he injured his shoulder. He was supposed to be back after the week six bye. that would, would have been week seven. It's week nine now. And he had, he was out in week seven. He had 10 touches in week eight. He had five touches in week nine. Now, maybe some of that was game script, but the good news is with him, at least he's giving some people in PPR leagues a little bit of something because he's still involved in the receiving game. But I'm starting to worry that this could hamper him all year. We've been worried about this for a while as far as his shoulder. Maybe this is all you're going to get. He kind of has become like this high-end Naeem Hines scat back type back. Um, but here's the issue. Detroit's two and six. They could opt. They know that like he's the future of their team and they know that the future is not now. So they could opt to shut him down at any time. And that's not what playoff teams going into like the stretch run and the playoffs want to deal with, you know, weeks 13, 14. It's like, okay, now Detroit is like, what they're, they're three and three and 10 and they're completely buried. And they're like, Hey, you know what? Deandre Swift lets us shut him down at this point and we'll let Jamal Williams do his thing. Maybe we'll give Justin Jackson some more carries. We've seen him be able to carry it for short periods in the past. So I'm not really excited about either one of them. And I think there's multiple ways that they could either get re-injured and miss time or some external mitigating circumstance could come into play and they could affect them. So 
I think in redraft, it's worth it to potentially move off of both of them if possible. And I'm not really one to, to say that unless I have, you know, good reason. But like I said, there's multiple pathways for both of these guys to leave you with empty pockets down the stretch or in the playoffs. And that's not what I want for you if you're a potential playoff team. And that's not what you want for yourselves, I'm sure. So good reason to move off Mealy means good players. So what kind of players would, and this opened anyone, Gladys, Dan, who would we target if you're trying to move off of Taylor or Swift? Oh, this is a Gladys question. I'm out of this. Oh, because <laughs> designated it's in the show sheet. So this is up to you, Gladys. No, I'm in the show sheet. I'm, t- I'm telling you. Yeah. In yellow, saying, it's official. It's bold as well, too. You've come and okay. say I've got nothing oh. here. I'm like, I tell you, hey, for it tonight. Why do you assume I read the show sheet? And B, <laughs> that's like a crazy thing. Um, I, if I have Tyler and I have Swift actually in the same league, um, I'm holding on to both of them. I mean, I know what Doc says. I personally think that Taylor is more valuable because I think that Saturday wants to win, so they're going to run him, and they're going to get a better quarterback in that in that offense. Um, Swift, I would try <laughs> – I have tried to get um, – I paired him with uh, Jimmy G and a wide receiver, and I tried – to get Mixon before he had the crazy wow. week yeah. nine. But yeah. yeah, but now that he's had that crazy week nine, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I'm not going to be able to get Mixon. Um, they were trying to give me Kamara for him, but now with the video out, I don't know how long Kamara's going to be playing. So um, that, that almost seems like a risky proposition, like an injury player where, yeah, because yeah, we don't know so if, if multiple, he's going to multiple pathways to potentially getting Can I make not a playing? suggestion? Please do. Miles Sanders, someone who the community doesn't love, but his he's produced at like top twelve, you know, top ten numbers. I think he's the RB six or seven this year, and that's a team that just loves to run the football. You know, there's always going to be t- high touchdown chance, and he's right. you know, he's not a zero in the passing game either. So, you know, Swift to Sanders might be something you. And Sanders has already passed his bye week, especially in redraft. I love looking at that players at this point that are past their bye week, so I'm not buying into a bye week. So. I, think, I, I, he's kind of one of the names I could think of that isn't as highly valued, but is in still that top six. Cause you're not, you're not going to get like Barkley or Chubb or, or Eckler or McCaffrey off anyone, but you might be able to get Sanders. Sanders, Sanders is a good call. I, I'm looking at guys who are on the precipice of like, that are going to have to play until week 17, week 18, because their team is still contending. Right. So for me, I'd be looking at someone you could get more back for if you were to move Jonathan Taylor. Not a popular pick, but it's redraft. So what does it matter? It's not your problem in a year's time. I'd be looking at <laughs> I'd be looking at someone like Cordell Patterson, someone who I have you know seen is, that. Yeah, like something like that. Good where you, yeah, yeah. Well, right. no, I, so, I I drafted him and I never for a good drafted draft. Him. Yeah, he would have been drafted. Yeah, I'd, I'd be looking at these guys that are just on teams that are going to be fighting. Like Fournette's a guy that people are probably wanting to get off. Yeah. Does that, if that makes sense? So. Yeah, I mean, Sean White's eating into his work, so people yeah, like, I mean, view him as I'd, down. I'd be Good trying point, to yeah. look at guys that are trying that, – that are that, like, look, Falcons are what? Falcons, Bucks, they're four and five and tied for the top of the division. Panthers are still in it to, to within a degree. So I'd be looking at trying to – if I'm going to get rid of one of these premium running backs, I'd be trying to get back something else with it. So if I know I'm going to get rid of him for, say, Cordell Patterson – I'd want maybe a receiver or a tight end on top because, uh, you know, you never know what happens with Taylor. That's that's your whole selling point. Listen, if he comes back, he's 30 points a game, give it, right? 
But if you can get Patterson in there, who can get you 15 on a good week and a receiver on top, you could get something else on top. I'd probably try and lean that way instead of trying to go lateral to an equally as good running back where the risk, that guy gets injured and you're still left with nothing. That, uh, that for me, that's what I'd say. I don't play a lot of redraft though, so that's why I give this question towards Gladys. Uh, I, like I said, I love and appreciate Doc. I'm not getting rid of JT. He was like, well, he was the first pick in the first round. He was my first I get pick. it. I, I get it's a it. problem, right? Yeah. I get it. Swift, I Huge will problem. gladly get rid of, but I mean, if Dan Campbell stops talking, I could probably have a better chance of getting rid of him. But as long as Dan Campbell keeps saying, oh, we're only going to like use him part time because we're not sure when he's going to be back, it lowers his value every time Campbell opens his mouth. So. Yeah. Well, one, one other thing that you could, you know, try to pivot to is if you go from running back to, like Dan was saying, you go to wide receiver, right? But then you get somebody thrown in that could have value if somebody gets injured, like Rashad White. Like Rashad yeah. White, if Fournette gets injured, so like let's say the wide receiver is kind of even and you're like, oh, just give me this guy who's not worth that much right now. Um, can you get a Chris Olave? Yeah, can you get somebody like that and then you get Rashad White on top, then something happens to Fournette. Now you've kind of made up that production and you really got something. So – I don't know. It's just a team on the trades are tough. A team on the precipice. A team on the precipice. A team on the on the brink of a playoff. Michael Carter, like that's a guy I'd look at. Like mm. Michael Carter plus. Yeah, yeah Michael like Carter. Carter well, like yeah, the Jets absolutely. Six and, Jets Something happens. Six and you know, James Robinson hasn't been great. Um, he was a he was a scratch season. this week as well, right? So yeah. like Carter and like at least you know PPR value. You got that with Carter. That's going to happen, and you could get something else back with. Yeah. If you're telling me that you could get a piece like. Yeah, but, that, that could fit in. Like, if you're telling me that someone had Carter and, I don't know, got it, maybe it'll take more. But, like, for Jonathan Taylor, maybe not. You're telling me you can get a top four tight end the rest of the way with Michael Carter, who could be an RB2 every other week? I'd look at it. Depending on how the rest of your team is filled out, of course. And I agree with Gator. Um, White is getting 40% of snap share now. He's not He's, he's not, not, he's not going away. He's not yeah, going away. He's not an afterthought yeah, in that. Like, nor should he, offense. you know, he's a valuable part of that offense, and he's going to be even more valuable. Valuable part of that offense, putting up 13 points a game. So, so Gator <laughs> mentioned Zeke, but Zeke is dealing with an injury right now. Could I also propose Tony Pollard? Maybe someone's afraid, okay, Pollard's good now, but afraid of if Zeke returns, he returns to being a backup. Is that something you could pivot off Swift for? I can't get rid of Pollard. Oh, I, I can't yeah, get rid of it. Definitely a thought because they even talked about they wanted to cap his snaps at 30, you know, 30 snaps or something like that, which, you know, it's fine. But somebody reads that and that, that seems like a negative, but it hasn't, they've been doing that anyway. So it's like he's been producing despite that. And if Zeke really goes, you know, if he misses or he really goes down, with this, you know, grade two, remember the paper with the tearing? That's what he's got in the uh, MCL. He's got a partial tear of his knee ligament. And I mean, I know he's Superman, but, you know, he already missed time and he's hopefully he's going to, Zeke's hopefully he's going to be back after the bye. It may not happen. Um, so Pollard could get a few more weeks of run here and Zeke could easily get re-injured. Doc, what do you think about DK Metcalf coming back? I think that's amazing. I mean, I whiffed on that one right? big time. I got to well, own no. that one. Holy crap. Or like, the punch is not as severe as we thought. Yeah. It, it, they like have... it just wasn't as. Because there's you had no to go way. to the Maldives. You had to go on your honeymoon. <laughs> you had to go to the Maldives. You had to um, do all these things. Done, you frozen dog. I'm buying time. I'm buying time. Till he comes back. Is he unfrozen? 
He's no, in prison. Yeah, had to go to the movies. <laughs> what are you doing? I mean, could it be that the injury wasn't what they said it was? Because there's no <laughs> way he tore his patil, his kneecap, and it's played like that. Partial, yeah, partial tear. Am I back? Yeah, yeah you're, back. you're back. All right. Yeah, partial tear. <laughs> so, or, you know, grade one, grade two injury. You completely tear your patellar tendon, you're done. So it wasn't that. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Like a, grade two. Like a it's a grade two. It's a high grade two. Um, but yeah. It's amazing that he's been able to play and he hasn't missed any time and he's I know, right? I'm astounded by that. But he's like he's getting to a level now where I have to put him as like he's superhuman. Like okay. obviously he's a physical specimen, but I mean he's that's amazing that, he can, that he can play through that. That's amazing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this is this is funny, Brian. If he's got a, you know, there's there's a there's one reason to take a card. He took the there number two go. reason to take a card, and then nobody, you know, he tears a patellar tendon. Oh yeah, I'll be fine. Yeah, this is facing routes. But he's a he's a machine. He's an athletic beast, but he just will not walk off the field. <laughs> yeah, okay. won't do it. Well, no, I don't. He doesn't card. want to waste his patellar tendon walking away from the field. If he's going to do something, it's going to be on the field. But we'll we'll wrap up the JT conversation here. Doc, is this going to affect him next year? I don't think so. I, I think it's just a question of what kind of a dumpster fire is Indy going to be for the rest of the year, and is he able to? Because remember, when he first, when JT first injured his ankle, they were very cagey about you know what kind of injury it was. Did he even have an injury? And, you know, and there was this thing. Thing I I put something out about how you know they weren't being upfront with us about what the injury was, and they said I was fear mongering, and I was like. <laughs> you know, the, he's going to miss the game. Like, it, obviously he's injured. Like, that's not fear-mongering. Like, he's injured. Like, um, and we don't know how bad. Like, this, I, I'm speaking facts. So, um, you know, he missed a couple of weeks, and then he came back. He re-injured it. Like, it's not all the way healed, and now he had a setback. So, you know, all bets are off as far as how bad this is now. And, and they again, they realize that he is the future, and he's the workhorse, and he makes that offense go. If they fall out of it and, you know, let's say the, the, the Colts face plant from here on forward and they just keep losing games like this, they may shut them down. But I don't think it's going to affect them next year or anything like that. I think it's just, you know, big picture type stuff that that's what we need to worry about for people in redraft. If you're in Dynasty, I don't think this really affects you. DeAndre Swift. I mean, there's probably going to be a lot more. We're not going to sort it all out today, but there's going to be more discussion to be had is like, is he going to be able to withstand a full workload like we had all hoped? And is he ever going to reach that potential that he has? That's, you know, for a later date to discuss. But as far as like the injuries limiting them going forward, I don't think that's really an issue. The offense worries you more than, than health. It, it just worries me for this year. Like the external factors and the health worry me for this year, but I'm not concerned about anything for next year and going forward. The, There's going to be other factors that come into play, but not you, health. Well, yeah, I would say like they need to fix that offense to be the offense is dragging him down because he was not producing well before the injury. So to right. me, the, the, the offense itself is the bigger concern than than the injuries. To them. Yeah, for for, uh, for both JT, short term and long term, that's that's the issue. And then for Swift, the issue is, is he ever going to reach that pinnacle of him being a feature back or is he just not going to be able to stand up to that? And we don't know the answer to that. And we may not know until next year at the earliest. All right. So, uh trade from uh fendith if i'm saying that correctly um do i accept this trade so full ppr 
they would get Mike Evans and Paris Campbell by giving up Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster. I would say this looks like the classic, like if you're ordering the players, you're getting one, four, you're giving up two, three, right? Like Mike Evans, I think we'd all say is the clear best piece here from a redraft perspective. It's pretty close. Okay, so then never mind. So then I think if it's not so obvious that Mike Evans is the best piece, you, I'm sure you're you're saying get not not to do this trade. Keep Deontay and Juju if you're not think you're getting that much of an upgrade. Well, you know you know what I would say if if, if it's not a sure yes, it's a, it's, a yes no. it's a no, and it's definitely not a hell yes. So, um, and and the reason the reason being real quick is Paris Campbell. We don't know what he's going to be. You know, the whole everything with the Colts now is completely up in the air. If we can't solve the Jonathan Taylor issue and he's the workhorse of that offense. I don't know what we can make out of any of the other pieces. <laughs> and uh, you know, Mike Evans, like he's an, he's an alpha wide receiver, but Dan alluded to it before. And you guys were all talking about it. Tom Brady hasn't looked great. That offense hasn't looked great. The old line hasn't looked great. So as talented as he is, he's not producing like he has in the past. So I, I wouldn't do it. With your Steelers receivers, just, just sit tight because after the buy that they've had, they've got a pretty nice yeah. schedule coming up. You're looking at the Ravens twice, which is friendly for receivers. Carolina and, and the, the Raiders in the playoffs with Baltimore as well. They also have the Falcons, the Colts, which could be anything in the Bengals with the Saints. So they have enough games in there if, what, if Kenny Pickett can adjust. And he hasn't looked that bad. He's been okay. And obviously without Claypool, there's a little bit more maybe a bit more attention to uh, to Johnson. I don't think it's that bad for the Steelers receivers like Pickens, like Frymouth, like Johnson over the next six or seven weeks. You just might have to sit tight and see it happen. But if, if you, again, if this is redraft, obviously you always want the best piece and I understand that too. But, you know, to think that Juju, he, he looked all right last night. Like he'll still pop up. If Mahomes is going to go for 400 yards, Junior's probably going to go seven for 80 and that's 15 points in PPR. And you'll take that to the bank. And if Deontay Johnson and the Steelers can kind of steady the ship a little bit, obviously no one wants to see a quarterback change after three or four weeks, but it happened. It is what it is. After the bye, they've got a nice run in. Not the end of the world if you hold on to, if you have Johnson and Juju, it's not the end of the world if you hold on to those two. If you want Evans, I, I have no problem with wanting to get the best player out of this. Either way, I just I, I hate lateral moves where it's like the same position for the same position. It's like, what are we doing here? I, <laughs> I, I for me, it's just not. What are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Like, let's let's get some more was, on this. That was like, a little bit of like Australian and New York like mixed together. It's like, what yeah, are we doing? That's Dan, though, right? The, yeah, uh, perfect. Forget about it. This this does involve a, a Steelers player. So, what do you think about this trade? I think it hinges on Paris Campbell. I would wait to see what, who, who's going to be the quarterback for the Colts. If you could wait till this week and see what Saturday announces. If it remains Ellinger, then I definitely would not do the trade. I would keep Deontay and Juju. But if you're getting a reliable quarterback, and the the higher ceiling, I think, is Mike Evans and Paris Campbell. If the Colts are putting in, like, say, Foles or Matt Ryan's coming back, Ellinger. You're not going to get anything. Um, Juju pops up once in a while with that. There's a lot of mouths to feed in that Kansas City offense, and especially now since uh, Tony's there. Deontay Johnson is good, but Pickett has eyes for Pickens, and Pickens is going to be his first choice the rest of the season out. So I would, if you can wait to see who the 
the quarterback in Indy is going to be, I would do that. Before so looking that at decision. points per game, fan like full PPR, Mike Evans has 16.4, Juju down at 13.3. And then the gap between Deontay and Campbell is not that high so far this season. 10.6 points per game for Deontay, 9.1 for Campbell. So if you were to add that together, you would say you're getting more points per game on the Mike Evans, Paris Campbell side. But does Deontay improve now that Claypool won't be drawing targets away or touches? Does it just increase the volume for all three of Pickens, Deontay, and Fryermuth is just being a win for all three of them? Not not any one of them is going to take all of Claypool's targets, but the three combined will just get more. Um, no, I think Fryermuth and Pickens are the winners, clear winners. Fryermuth was good regardless of who was under center. I mean, Fryermuth got his regardless. Um, it was Deontay and that was actually suffering, but I don't think it was at Claypool's expense. I mean, Claypool wasn't getting that much of a target share that it hurt Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson's target share was pretty yeah. close to what he was getting last year. So like I said, I, I just like to say, yeah, he's just, <laughs> the, but Evans too. Like I agree with Gator. Evans was dropped. Like he's dropping crazy passes, like passes that are hitting him in the hands. He's just dropping them. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I'll look up his catch rate later because I, I do kind of think I don't know that his catch rate has ever been spectacular through his career. A anyway, of, a lot of those were aimed at the dirt monster, though. A lot of those passes. <laughs> yeah, yeah but he's, he used to catch those, though. You know what yeah, I mean? Uh, both ways. Brady, some of some of what Brady's been giving him has been pretty. So yeah, I think right, 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 so finally of... shooting on Tom Brady and you're sticking up for him, <laughs> dude. He's going through a divorce. He's emotionally stunted. Leave him alone. <laughs> Okay. We're, we're, we're giving him one. Yeah, this. All right, okay, let's, okay, so let's okay. we'll talk about the drop rates. So his catch rate right now for Mike Evans is sixty-two point nine percent. That's higher than his career average. Not the best he's ever had. Um, it's funny. His, his three, yeah, his three best seasons have all been with Tom Brady: sixty-four point two, sixty-four point nine, sixty-two point nine. These are his three just, best catch rate seasons. So perception's reality, right? Like they just look bad. So we just mm-hmm. believe he's doing bad, it, right? It's, it's, that's just that's just he, it. I think he, he always gets tough targets too, right? Like he like you can okay, yeah, he's yeah. great in catch and catch. Just throw it up the 50-50 balls. You know, he, for him it's not fifty fifty, but it's also not seventy five percent either, as he's shown. Oh. So it's it, this is this is my, this has been Mike Evans' career. So this is nothing new. Uh, the one reason I wouldn't make the trade is because Mike Evans still has his bye week coming up, and you're past that with Deontay and Juju, mm. so you are losing a week. So I think we're all kind of on the side of don't do this. Uh, I'm okay buying the bye week if it gets me that mass upgrade in, to the sense of like Doc. Like I'd be willing to ignore that if it was a clear yes, oh, I have to get this deal done, and the sacrifice to gain all that value is to eat a bye week. Okay, but that's not really what's happening here. This seems pretty lateral. So I think we're going to say no pretty across the board. So hey, we agreed. That's great. Um, I guess we got a half hour before the game. So, uh, Doc, we could do rapid fire injuries just on the Packers. Um, so, yeah, let's let's kick it off. <laughs> There's tons of Packers injuries to talk about. Uh, the big yeah. one being Romeo Dubs, I would I would imagine. So, yeah. All right. Well, let, let's tackle those. So, Aaron Jones, uh, ankle injury. Stop me if you heard this before. X-rays are negative. Could play this week. Um, yeah, I'm still dubious about that until I see what he does in practice, if he's even able to practice. Um, so that one's still up in the air, but, but we're um, thinking low ankle sprain because yeah, it's, they, it they sounds said like high ankle, ankle for dubs, sprain. but not for Jones. So does that right. kind of, so that's what we're, we're making an assumption. So the thing is, is that if it comes out in a couple of days that it's a high ankle sprain, then we kind of know the story. Um, if not, then, you know, it 
could be a low ankle sprain and he could play, but he also could not. I mean, Chuba Hubbard had a low ankle sprain and allegedly he was going to be able to get back into the game when he injured it. That was week seven. It's been week nine. He still hasn't played. So, um, you know, that that's uh, totally subjective. Um, obviously, A.J. Dillon would be the major beneficiary for any games missed. But, you know, Kylan Hill is also a potential mm-hmm. contributor here as well. Um, cause I, you know, I don't know if AJ Dillon's going to be the guy who just, you know, carries the entire load if, uh, Aaron Jones misses, um, Romeo, Romeo dubs is a little bit more serious of an injury. So we know it's a high ankle sprain at this point. Um, we know the deal. We've talked about high ankle sprains plenty, you know, four to six weeks. Um, that puts it back around playoff time, but there's no guarantee that he comes back at full strength. Um, you know, the question becomes, if you're an eight, no team, seven and one team, six and two, like, can you, you know, stomach a risk reward play like that and, and maybe try to buy low if not, um, and you need the spot, then I think it's okay to move on from him. Um, just because you got to get to the playoffs before you can worry about it, um, in redraft. So, you know, Kyle, I'll kick this to you. Um, somebody's going to have to step up there potentially because Christian Watson is getting evaluated for a concussion. If that's positive, then that's my two, bet is- two weeks for him. Yeah, my bet is he misses week 10 just based on the history uh, that he's had and and the league has kind of treated these post to a concussion gate. Um, If it's negative, then he's got a shot to play. But if he doesn't, then you got Sammy Watkins, you got Amari Rodgers, you got uh, Samari Tour uh, or Toure, how do you say it? Toure, I believe. Toure. Um, Kawan Baker. Touche, Toure. Well, Um, so none of these guys have really shown much, but somebody's got to step up and and help out Alan Lazard, right? Especially if Aaron Jones isn't going to be there to catch passes potentially. So, did any of those guys excite you at all? I would say I think it's Toure, to be honest. Like he's he was a seventh round pick, and he so he hasn't really been getting many opportunities. He's kind of been the last guy on the field, but he's come up and made some good plays. Uh, Sammy Watkins looks like he's cooked completely. So. So I, I think it's Toure. I think if, if anyone steps up, it's it's the the young rookie. Again, I think Jawan Winfrey. They Rogers likes him. They've held him around practice squad. Keep calling him up. When he was forced to play earlier in the season, he didn't really do much. He had a couple of bad drops, but I, I kind of think he might get a shot too. I like your call of Kylan Hill, but yeah, Samari Toure might be the best Daniels, packer to pick up. They right lost players last year. Josiah Deguara was a guy that kind of turned up out of nowhere. I, I understand that Robert Tonyan's healthy and getting work done, but Deguara, look, he could be deployed in that regard as well. It's, it's a, He was getting targets this week. He was. Too. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good yeah. call, Dan. Yeah, maybe but, just that we'll use more two tight end sets as a result of not having the receivers and maybe like, even three tight end sets. They've done that in the past too. So I feel like the, we uh, spent a lot, of te- a lot of time on teams that are like two and seven. Hey, well, watch your watch your mouth. All right. Well, if you want to <laughs> if you want to go to a team that's better, one thing that we probably should touch on before we rapid fire is Josh Allen and his elbow injury. So, still undergoing tests there. Somebody mentioned this in the Discord specifically. Um, so they're worried about the uh, ulnar collateral ligament in the elbow, which is in the inner part of the elbow right here, and it's the one that's most commonly associated with pitchers, baseball pitchers and um, Tommy John surgery or ligament replacement surgery when that's completely torn. Um, so he's still undergoing tests. And anytime you have a throwing athlete and they injure their elbow, it's common to do an evaluation to see if the ulnar collateral ligament is injured to see they're also looking for nerve injury. So apparently he had some, you know, numbness tingling or, you know, abnormal sensations in his fingers. Um, so this isn't as scary as it would be if, if he was a pitcher. Um, but, for now, all we can really do is kind of hold our collective breath and hope that the imaging doesn't show something terrible like a completely torn ulnar collateral ligament. 
Um, the good news is, is that if he has a partially torn ligament, I think he might actually be able to play through it. So, you know, there is some hope there. And for the record, Case Keenum is the backup. He hasn't been a starter for a few years, but he has been, he does, he is a veteran. He does have experience. So I don't think he would completely kill the offense if he took over. Who do they, yes, play, this, yes, who do they play this week? Who do they play this week? Yeah, it's a, it's a Case Keenum and Stefan Diggs revenge game against the Vikings. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, oh sort of that. The Minnesota miracle, right? That's uh yeah. I mean it's it's um yeah, it's definitely something that's scary. It's kind of being a little underplayed. I'm surprised that more people haven't kind of latched onto this. Uh maybe people are just all kind of like, you know, they're hoping it's nothing. And, so we're yeah. just like we're not even gonna think <laughs> about it, talk about it, and it won't yeah, if we it, talk about it, it'll make it real and make it tangible. So it's every never time good. we mention the word the tear gets a little that piece of paper yeah, gets right, a little exactly. more ripped. The piece of the piece <laughs> of paper check is, is UCL is, is getting bigger. Definitely, uh, you know, a concern. So we just have to wait and see what the MRI shows. Um, and, you know, if he gets cleared, great. He'll probably be limited coming up to it. But again, even if there's a partial tear, I think he'll be able to play through it. Um, Case Keenum, not a horrible, uh, you know, insurance play um, in case something does happen and he misses some time, um, which is certainly possible. So my question to you guys is, do you want to save the Monday night guys for last and then we can do that to lead into the game. Or do you want me to just start at the top with them and run through them with everybody else? Well, I'm looking at we can yeah. I think let's just run through everyone else and we'll we'll end with the Monday night guys. So okay. Uh, so you want, to, um, you want me to feed you names, Doc, and you go, or do you got your list? You want to be? No, I, I I got a list. If I miss anybody, then let me know. Sure. And my keep track. my hope is is that I can help uh, demystify some of the injuries that happen around the league, just like I demystified this Rubik's cube right here while uh, we were doing the show. Anyway. Um, so let's, uh, revisit Carson Wentz. So he had surgery on his broken finger. He missed weeks seven through nine estimated return weeks, 11, 12. Here's something interesting. The compensation pick that they gave up for him, uh, becomes a set, a third rounder. If he misses five games plus, so you have to figure that's going to play in here somewhere and probably keep him out a little bit longer. Plus Heineke's played pretty well and he's two and one in the last, uh, three games. So I'm opting that he's probably going to be out on the longer side of the four to five week timetable. And then we'll see from there. Matt Ryan still has that partial tear in his shoulder. We don't know what's happening with the Colts. Is he going to get his job back? Is he even physically able to get his job back? Not really sure. Um, so a lot of question marks there. Russell Wilson with his hamstring, allegedly a partially torn hamstring injury. He missed week seven. He played in week eight. Um, the thing with him is I think he's going to be able to play, but we have to like get this out of our minds that he's a mobile quarterback because he's only been running a little bit previous to his injury. And I think this is definitely going to hamper him going forward. So any plays in production that you're going to get from him is going to be with his arm and just kind of forget about the fact that, that he used to be a running quarterback and, and any value with his legs, I think is essentially gone. He, he won't be point. a QB one QB two is how you have to think of him. He's not yet. He's not one of those, you know, uh, Konami code quarterbacks anymore. Like that's not his game. Um, Aaron Jones, we talked about Craig Reynolds, uh, kind of showed up with a rib injury, got forced out of the week nine game for Detroit. Again, this could be a break or a cartilage injury. He wasn't really on the fantasy radar anyway, but if he misses time, our old friend, Justin Jackson gets bumped up on the depth chart and he's a consideration for a deep league stash. Um, if they decide to on to ice Deandre Swift and, or Jamal Williams gets hurt, we've seen him flash in the past. So somebody to keep an eye on, or maybe grab if you have deep benches, he probably led a lot of teams to fantasy championships last year when he's with the Chargers and Austin Eckler got COVID. He came in for a week or two and just had monster games um, and then went back to obscurity. So that could happen again. 
Ezekiel Elliott, we talked about a little bit. Grade two MCL injury and a thigh bruise, so a partial tear of his knee ligament. He missed week eight. He's got a week nine bye, and he's hoping to get back for week 10. No guarantees there. So even if he does play, expect Pollard, Tony Pollard to carry more than half of the load um, for the Cowboys. Chuba Hubbard, we talked about low ankle sprain, but still caused him to miss weeks eight and nine. And he was limited going into the week nine game on Wednesday, Thursday. He missed Friday's practice, ended up missing the game. Just watch the practice reports. Dante Foreman didn't look great, and Chuba Hubbard could still have some value whenever he gets back out there. Uh, Romeo Dubs, we talked about uh, with his high ankle sprain. We know the story there. Christian Watson, potentially a concussion. Uh, DK Metcalf, I mean, guy's a machine. Um, I definitely blew that one. He looks just fine. So, you know, patellar tendon, schmatellar tendon. <laughs> Like he, he looks probably great. just ripped it out. Like, I don't need this. Yeah. He's I got, like, oh, I got whatever. I, have, I don't need joints. Know, he's like, he's got three more like of them. So like, whatever. Um, Mike Williams uh, with his high ankle sprain. So he had a buy uh, in week eight, but expect multiple additional weeks out. I'm thinking like week 12 might be a reasonable guesstimate. Um, he could certainly miss more time. And the sooner he comes back, the harder it's going to be to trust that he's fully healed. So Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter continue to be the beneficiaries um, until he's back. Russell Gage with his hamstring. He's missed two weeks up to this point. Even if he does come back, I think Julio Jones has passed him on the depth chart. Exactly. Um, Corey Davis, MCL sprain, missed a couple of weeks. Probably uh, now they got a bye week. So, you know, looking at week 11 as, as a potential to come back, I think he can make that. Uh, Nico Collins, injured in week seven, missed weeks eight and nine. Still, you know, unclear as to when he's going to be coming back, but I got to see him practice before I can even consider him for week 10. David and Joku. High ankle sprain, which they, again, initially turned as not serious. Um, but <laughs> they said that he, you know, he's been out for two weeks and they he plans on playing in week 10. I'm not optimistic that he is going to play. But even if he does, um, you know, expecting to be limited, this could be one of those deals where he goes out there as a decoy and just kind of runs in a straight line and tries to draw coverage and isn't really going to be effective. Um, Dan's buddy, Daniel Bellinger, broken eye socket, needed surgery. Um Three to six week absence, so looking like week 12 or 13 most likely return. My only concern with him is not the surgery, but is his eyesight going to be affected when he comes back? If not, great. If so, there's still some risk there. So even when he does come back, it could still be an issue. Um, so that's that's a problem. And then well, Dalton Schultz. Before, sorry, Doc, before going around, yeah, yeah. Dan, do you think he could get shut down for the season? Yeah. Look, they come off their bye this week and then – They'd have to win one or two to kind of want him to get on. And I've said this every week, the Giants schedule running it is pretty soft. So there are a couple of wins from the playoffs. For me, the way the NFC is shaping out, I don't think they're too far away from it, which is kind of crazy to think. So I don't think they'll be in any rush to bring him back sooner than later. I think for fantasy, I don't think it was that big of a, I don't think it's that big of a loss unless. Yeah, well, tight end was so bad. I mean, it is. Actually, yeah. Listen, unfortunately, good, the, the injuries some, are, aren't helping either, right? Some of the yeah. tight ends, some of the tight ends that finished in the top twelve this week were atrocious. So I, I understand. Yeah. Look, come playoff time, fantasy playoff time, if he's about, he might be a streamer. If you've lost a player or two, if he's about, but I. Who knows with the Giants in the top point. twelve in any week, yeah. like nah. like going into the week ranking wise, like we talk, where's, good, where's, the, where's, the, where's the hubris of the of the arrogant Giants fan that we saw a couple of weeks ago? They, like it's not like they lost; they had a bye week. They're six and two. Like yeah. he's just like, like, like I don't know if we're going to be able to do it. <laughs> if anything, hey. the look that you look at the you look at the way that the the NFC teams 
kind of faltered this week. It wasn't a bad week for the Giants. The Rams lost again. The the Bucks kind of aren't doing their thing. Look, if the Saints win tonight, they they muddy up the South even more. They go to four and five and they tie the Bucks and the Falcons. So it's not like either of them are going to kind of chase them and the Packers keep one, losing one and they keep falling away. So you're looking at like the playoff race in the NFC. It's like San Fran, Dallas, and New York really for those wildcard spots. And that's that's it. And even San Fran are what four and five or, or five and four. I think they're time. what four and right four. There four and four. There you go. So they're not even. They're still <clears throat> two games behind the Giants. So you know, whatever Bellinger can do when he comes back, it's it's gravy. But you're really banking on like a lot of tight ends to to turn to mush for him to be relevant. <laughs> well, that could always but again, happen. Guys like Schultz and Waller being out. So Doc, what do we know about those two? Yeah. So Schultz. Um... He, you know, had his issue with his PCL. Um, he came back. He had seven targets, six catches, 74 yards, and the bye week to heal. So we talked about it a couple of th- two or three weeks ago. I'm ready to be hurt again. Like in week 10, like if you got him, fire him up. You know, you probably not don't have a better option. So might as well get him out there. And if he gets injured again, he gets injured again. But it, it looks like he's back for whatever that's worth. Uh, and then Darren Waller. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's been kind of an up and down uh, season so far for him and more down than up. I don't think they shut him down, um, at least not in the immediate offing. But, um, you know, the, if a couple more losses happen, then it's a possibility. But right now, two and six, I know it's not great. But I believe last year the Raiders were, what, three and six, and they ended up, like, going on this insane run and making the playoffs. I'm not saying that's going to happen again, but what I am saying is it, to be honest. Stranger, stranger things have happened. Somebody tweeted something I thought was hilarious. They, he, oh they, said, uh, they said that both the Raiders and the Pats would be better if Josh McDaniel stayed. Oh, but. yeah, no, for sure. I 100% agree. I, I, but I would have called Glad that. Did you see this? Too. You watch no, the same thing. I'm watching you guys. I'm, I'm trying to pay attention to dogs. You see that? I hate Adam here. Schefter. Oh, oh, God. Oh, my God. He's Kirk Cousins. He's ripped his shirt off. Did you see the film of Kirk Cousins on the plane with the chain? Oh, I saw that, yeah. Adam Schefter is doing that on the field. It's disgusting. Yeah, we don't like that. Yeah. No, we don't. We don't. Like we that. do not like um, that. My eyes anyway, Doc, will never so, not. Uh, yeah. So and one more we'll, tight end, actually. Evan who, Ingram. Who we got? Evan Ingram. Oh, back. Evan Ingram with his back injury. Looks like it's not much. Just watch practice reports. I'm not really too concerned about oh. anything. But if he's not able to practice, then that's concerning. If he's able to get out there in some limited fashion, I'm not too worried about it. And then we'll finish off with the Packers. A couple of defensive players. So uh, Gary for Green Bay ACL tear done. Um, and then Eric Stokes um, in a walking boot, concern for a high ankle sprain, maybe more. So we just have to see there. And uh, see. Doc, what's wrong with Bakhtiari? If he comes and he goes, he plays like two snaps and then he goes out again. Is he, is it concussion stuff or is he look hurt like ligament? This is all still from that 2020 ACL tear. Like it seems like he's still? just he didn't recover properly, so he needed a second surgery. And it seems like he just deals with a lot of like fluid in his knees, so a lot of inflammation. It's just something that's probably gonna deal with the rest of his career, honestly. So they've been <laughs> yeah, it seems like they've been trying to just now you know, unlike most offensive linemen who play hundred percent of the snaps, they're not doing that with him. Okay, they'll play right. him for a series, bring Nijman in. The problem is recently they've had so many other injuries, they haven't been able to do that because Nijman's had to play every snap too. So I think now by by necessity, he's gonna be out there most of the snaps. So it's he, an old he, injury, though. It's not a new one. Yeah. No, this oh, this okay. all stems from that 2020 ACL tear. Okay. 
for, Go ahead, for, the, for the IDP players out there, uh, Xavier McKinney on the bye week happened to break his hand in an ATV accident. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but for what it's worth, if, for those that don't know, uh, Landon Collins signed with the Giants a few weeks huh. back, and he's been working his way in, and obviously McKinney's been playing a little bit more in the box. That's what Collins does. So for those that play IDP, if you're looking for a starting safety that can swing into linebacker, that's a guy you can look at. Divine Diablo also handed a forearm. Blake Martinez, another former giant, playing with Patrick Graham again. Kyle obviously knows from Green Bay Martinez. Mar Martinez and Graham at the Giants, obviously it's a thing as well. As soon as Diablo went down, Martinez slotted right in and I think he had like 11 tackles or something. That's so, what he does. He's a tackle machine. He's, he's awful he, in coverage. So we love him for IDP because he's going to for IDP because he's going to get your double-digit yeah. tackles every week. So for those that play IDP, Blake Martinez and Landon Collins, a few Giants guys mm -hmm. or former Giants guys, it's just something else to look at. <laughs> there we right. go. So uh, we got some trades here, Doc. Were there any other injuries before, other than the Monday night players? Yeah, just Mark, the Monday night stuff. All right, Mark so Andrews. we'll quickly touch more. on these trades. Yeah. Uh, trade DK Metcalf and Higby for D Hop, and then the other one is uh, Jacoby Myers and Waller. Or sorry, yeah, Jacoby Myers and Darren Waller for Pitts and Amon Ross St. Brown. Or Pitts. I, I mean, when, uh, I, I think I think this one's Jacoby a smash. and Waller slash Pitts for Amon Ra. Oh, okay. And then, oh, and then, oh, I, yeah, and then I I think more sense. who is he? Who is he trading? He wants to get Amon Ra. He'd have to give up a Jacoby and a tight end. So either Waller or Pitts. Oh, I, considering Waller's Waller. hurt, I, I think Jacoby and Waller almost seems like it's like just Jacoby for Amon Ra because you're you're yeah, not. I, 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 I can sign off on that. Yeah, I think that's an I think it's an obvious trade. Jacoby yeah, like Waller for Amon Ra, I do that in a heartbeat. But then go get Foster uh, Fraser, Foster Moreau. Go get him. Exactly. Right. Why though? Just start Pitts. If you if you, if he's got Pitts on his if they got Pitts on their team, just oh, start I just Pitts I just right? start Pitts. No, he's just yeah, okay. Well, yeah. well then <laughs> Pitts and I, I think Pitts and Jacoby I think is too much for Amon Ra. Uh, I would yeah, change it. I to would, Pitts yeah. and Jacoby. Anyway. Can you get another piece added? Amon Ra and someone else. That's where I'd want the other tight end that I can you know play with waiting for Waller. Uh, Jacoby and Waller for Amon Ra. Yeah, try to Jacoby and Waller for Amon if, if they can get that done, get that done. Ooh. I'm not crazy about this one. I mean, no. Hopkins has been playing. He's he scored as a top five wide receiver since he's been back, and Metcalf is is kind of like borderline. I mean, he's in the top twenty, but he's not really wide receiver one material. So Higby's kind of disappointed. <laughs> I'd be I'd actually be okay with doing this. I don't know, Dan. My, go ahead. My 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 favorite prop of the week every week is Tyler Higby under. For some reason, <laughs> they, they draw him at the line at like 45 yards every week and he gets you seven. So, like, it's the easiest one <laughs> you'll make. He is trash. Higby is cooked. Just yeah, but DK isn't. It. No, I'm just saying, like, like it's DK for It's almost a one-for-one, one, Dan, saying. Like, we're talking yeah, about we're again, basically, who do you, yeah, who do you like? Unless you're completely... Like, yeah, even if you are, like, who do you like better, DK or D Hop? Like, that's if you're the guy that's getting D Hop and Higby, what do you? You have to like find a way to cut Higby. The guy's just garbage, and the Rams aren't much better. But this guy every week is giving the 45 to 48 yard, and it's the funniest thing. You watch like Underdog.com going for two GF two promo 100 matching deposit up to 100 bucks. You'll see every week hits like Wednesday. He's at like 48 and a half. And it's Friday, he's like 41 and a half because everyone's like, you gotta be kidding. And then People it hits are like hammering that under. And they're hammering the other because it hits Sunday and he's like 39 and a half because you know what? He doesn't do anything. The, the Rams don't do anything. They don't run the ball, they don't throw the ball, they don't do much. They've been shit. a while. It's been a while. Yeah. So the Rams not well, I want to hear is anyone is anyone opposed to this? Because I think the idea of getting 
I think Hopkins is, a, is an upgrade over Metcalf. I'd do it. I'd do this trade. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, you're looking I'm not at, let's, I'm not let's, mad at you for that. If you, if you like the hop better than that, whichever one of those receivers you like better, then that's the way you should go. Like that's what it comes down to. So if you like D hop better, I have no problem with that. Yeah. In Clear. dynasty, I could see why this, I wouldn't want to do this in dynasty, but assuming this is redraft, I think, I think Hopkins is a significant upgrade over Metcalf right now. Bingo. He's just, he's drawing targets. He's producing. He, like I said, he's been top five wide receiver points per game. The only people outscoring him are Higgs or sorry, Diggs, Cup, and uh, Hill. I, I, I put Hill at, and Diggs together to make hill, Hills. The only Diggs. reason why in redraft yeah. you're looking at DK Metcalf at this point is because the Seattle Seahawks are playoff contenders and they're playing through 17. I don't know what the hell the Arizona Cardinals are. They're trash. They're, they're, they're down there with the Rams. They're just hard to watch. I, I think what... Metcalf's going to play the whole season because of the suspension. I, don't, I think he's mad at that. He's going to play till the end of week 17. You mean, Hopkins. I under, you mean Hopkins. I understand that. But like yeah. at that point, at least you know that like Seattle are going to be in meaningful games. The Cardinals, in three weeks' time, they're hanging out with, like, I don't know, Green Bay. That's who they're hanging out with in three weeks. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, they're, I think their records are both the same pretty much right now. They're both that, but, that's, but, but that's what I'm what saying. What like, start, by the way? Uh, eight, uh, yeah, we should get – we should. well, Gator is kind of trying minutes. to keep us on track, right? So, nine over, minutes. under on Kamara, total nine yards minutes. tonight. Um, so again, we do our props every week. We, maybe we should give the lines, then we'll talk about our standings and how we're doing elsewhere. But Dan, do you want to answer this? Because your prop involves Alvin Kamara. So maybe we'll just start right there. My prop does involve Alvin Kamara. My prop this week would be Alvin Kamara. I took him earlier at where are we? I was lucky. He's 36 and a half. I got him at 30. Yards. Yeah. So remember, as always, we say this every week shop your props around, make sure you find it again, going for two.com, gf2, underdog.com. 100% matching deposit up to 100 bucks. Get on them early. I can't say this enough. Get on your props earlier because at this point, receiving yards, they've climbed from, what, 36.5 tonight to 42. From this morning to now, it's climbed up six and six yards, and that's that's significant. So I took Kamara this morning at 36.5 receiving yards, and for me, that is over at the moment. He's at 109.5 rush yards. That's up from 101.5. That's total yards, total. Yeah, which is, so totally which is really weird because the player props are going up, but the 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 score, the total score is going down. They they don't trust anything that Baltimore are doing. That's what. <laughs> that's what. No, that's no. But like you look at it because obviously Bateman. Uh, sorry, Bateman. The Mark Andrews news was official. Right. What around midday today? Uh, like that was well after I gave you guys the underdog, the uh, the props that we all were. I thought he was ruled so, out yesterday. I thought no, he, no, he, 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 he was doubtful. Once it's all confirmed, also you're looking at Gus Edwards today. He wasn't ruled out until a few hours ago, also. So a lot on the, the Baltimore side might have significantly impacted that. But okay. for what it's worth, like you're looking at Kamara. If you were told, if you were telling me at 101 and a half earlier today, mm-hmm. I'd say probably comfortably the way this is going. 109 and a half. Sure, he did it last week, right? He went absolutely bananas. Uh, he had what sixty two and ninety six. What, what did his rush yards go up to now? Because I kind of uh, like that at sixty and a half. I didn't yards, think that was awful. His rush yards at this point is at sixty five and a half. Okay, so it's come up a little bit, but like yeah. the receiving yards, he's come up. Too. Yeah. Okay, so we don't love them as much right now. You should have, if you wanted to bet on them, you should have bet on them earlier. Basically, is what we're saying. So, what are the props that can be bet on right now that we do like? So. Uh, Dan's taking the receiving yards for Kamara higher, and even 42 and a half is still not outrageous. No. Um, who wants to go next? Doc? Well, 
Your favorite uh, I, prop. You, you've you've done this do, prop for different quarterbacks again, throughout. I've I've seen the numbers that you've given, and I'm so proud of you guys taking the lowest number possible on everything. I'm so happy. I looked yep. at it and went, "Wow." Yeah, Doc that. took a half, a prop for a half, <laughs> yeah. not even one. I'm so, going. Yeah. I'm going with uh, continuing to bet against Mr. Monday Night, Andy Dalton. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm going. I'm going uh, higher on 0.5 interceptions. So yeah, thinking Andy Dalton will throw a pick. He did have the three picks the last time they were in prime time, so that'd probably be smart for. I guess the next lowest is technically mine at seven and a half. So I'm taking Josh Oliver receiving yards higher than seven and a half. Just yeah, I thinking. To, I had to look that up to see. Well, <laughs> he's, he's he's caught passes it. in three games this year, and two of them were like two receptions each, and he got eight yards in one, twenty-two yards in another, and then the other game he he was under where he caught passes. He only had one catch for four yards. So all if he gets volume, two two receptions should be enough to get this seven and a half, uh, to, to hit eight eight eight. I looked at this one. I was I was I was close on this one. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was like, that, Whoa, that, seven that's and a half. that's got uh, will Disley vibes all over it. I also looked Dan at is my the teacher. Yeah, I also, that's, that's I also ironic, looked at. Actually, let me yeah. tell you, I looked Teaching at Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill at twenty seven and a half uh, rushing yards with Mark Ingram out was also another one. I went ooh. Well, it's funny. Maybe. I wore this shirt specifically because it's. I call this my Taysom Hill shirt. I was. I was looking for the Taysom Hill touchdown prop that wasn't there. So thanks, Underdog, for being smart touchdown there. Touchdown uh, vulture. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, you can get this shirt on Reading Global, just like uh, all the other <laughs> goingfor2.com gear. Uh, goingfor2.com. Well. You, you can you, you, you can hit that from goingfor2.com/slash store or through Reading Global's website. But uh, Gladys, what do you got? Yeah, yes. who's your, who's I like uh, your prop as well. To be honest, yeah, I like this one a lot too. Lamar Jackson higher nine and a half rushing attempts. Ooh, I like it. Oh, nice. Yeah, that seems no. really low to me. But you look at like Bateman out and Edwards out and yep, Andrews sure. out. You look at Kenyon Drake's. Like, this is the tell, right? Kenyon Drake's rush attempts are like at 11. 11 <laughs> that's up from 10, 10 from ten and a half to eleven and a half. So mm-hmm. like Kenyon Drake is he isn't getting much more than ten or eleven rush attempts anyway, with or without Edwards or whoever's around him. So when you look at that, if like they have no receivers. Right, or they got Duvernay, maybe, right, and Demarcus Robinson. So you know they're going to run the ball, right? Nine and a half for Jackson with Drake as their best option at eleven. Yeah. Damn, like if they rush it twenty times and he goes 50-50, like he's in. Gator likes Gladys's pick. That's yeah, I liked it. I I like that one a lot too. I think we have a chance to have we have have we gotten a week where we all yeah all four of us got the props right. uh, The Chargers uh, Broncos week. That was a good week. Yeah, it's the only week we've all four of us have done it. So let's let's try and repeat the process here. Uh, but yeah, going on, going from the props to the the game pick. So oh yeah, I guess I was supposed to show this earlier. But uh, so yeah, uh, Saints, uh, Ravens at Saints, forty six and a half over under, and then the Ravens are favored uh, by one point. And I think all of us are going the lower. Gladys, I didn't I haven't seen your pick yet. Are, are you going higher or lower here than forty six and a half? I went lower. All right, across but the board. I thought it was forty-seven and a half. No, is that I got it after it dropped? Yeah, they okay. they like to they like to play silly little games with the lines where they right. they get you to commit and then they change the line during the I show. I haven't touched it. I'm a full, I've got a full time job. Of I, I got a little kids. game he likes to play. So yeah, uh, yeah. forty-six and a half. Whatever, all, all four of us are going lower. Uh, I think that's the first time we've all been the same on mm-hmm. higher or lower. It's got to be. Uh, no, Kansas City, Vegas, we all went higher. We all got that right. So uh, the yeah. only time we've all gone the same, we, we we did get it right. So that's that should be a good sign, I think. Good omen. All right. Um, now, the interesting thing, 
Ravens or Saints? I know I'm going Ravens, so is Doc. And Doc mentioned my exact reason. Andy Dalton, prime time. The Saints are not going to win the game. I don't I don't care about the injuries to the Ravens, but that's also my thinking. Both offenses are going to struggle. So that's also why I went lower. So I thought all that kind of made sense together to me, which means I'm going to get everything wrong. I, yeah, maybe. Uh, but like you said, all things all things being equal, go with the better quarterback. Lamar is the better quarterback. That's that's the only thing I had in play there. What are you guys taking? Well, Dan uh, went with the yeah. Saints as a one point okay. underdog. So let's hear it, Dan. I, I just want, I like the Saints as money line anyway. I, I think the Saints are going to outright win. So taking it plus one was for me, it's like it's it's it, almost it, it, a pick them anyway, but yeah. Yeah, but I look at it, it's not like Dalton doesn't have rapport with Traquan Smith, Marquez Callaway, Alvin Kamara. He's he's got enough of a core to do that. If you want to throw a wild card in like Taysom Hill, he is going to cause them problems as well. Like I find that at some point the Ravens, like the bend don't break. It's sustainable for so long. You lose Bateman. You don't have Marquise Brown all year because he's off to Arizona. He doesn't play now. Anyway, you lose Andrews and you're relying on Duvernay, Justice Hill, Kenyon Drake, Demarcus. Like that's great that they can rally and win and those games are going to be drawn out. But Dalton's done all right with the Saints. That's why he's like kept Jameis Winston out. I get the primetime thing. I understand. But the Ravens are going to struggle to hold this in anyway. So, you know, he's had a few, a handful of multiple touchdown games in succession now, Andy Dalton. He's thrown for 300 yards in a couple of games in his last few. He's done okay. And again, they're a win away from being at the top of the division with the Bucks and the Falcons, if you want to throw them in there, I guess, whatever. But <laughs> I find that, like, at this point, at home, Monday night, prime time, I get it. They got a, they got a good like, defense. Like, quarterbacks aside, the best player in the field is who? Alvin Kamara, right? That's who that, that, For me, and that's why the prop went there. The, they're going to go to Kamara. They're going to go to him often. And that guy could go absolutely ham tonight. So I, I like the Saints at home. Uh Obviously, you never rule out Lamar Jackson. I don't think anyone can do anything crazy like that. But at this point, I, I just I, I find the Saints at home. Yeah, it's a valid. De- I definitely I definitely struggle with it. Glad it's a, de- it's a, de- it's a depleted it's a depleted Baltimore team, and I just look what, at that and go. Before we kick I have off, the Saints. I have the Saints. Saints too. Uh, okay. All right. Right. So, so everyone we went lower, but we we're split on the actual loss. Right. So, and uh, the stand, give me the stand style. Yeah, it's, it's going to do. Now that we're, now that we're hit 8.50 and everything's locked in, we don't have a choice. Uh, Gator's also going Baltimore the under. Uh, Standings-wise, it's actually getting interesting at both extremes. So currently, Docs is still in the lead. Uh, but he's gotten two picks right over the last three weeks. So yeah. uh, at 17-7-3, not is quite turning. as dominant as early season stretch. Dan's right behind at 15-9-3. So uh, Dan slowly creeping in. Only two uh, correct picks behind Doc now. So suddenly that gap is not as... Uh, as Extreme as it was when Doc started the season, uh, what was it, Not 8, eight oh and one uh, the first three weeks he was on fire. Uh, Gladys and I are pretty close, too. I'm at 11, 13, and 3. Gladys is at 9, 15, and 3. I have not got a correct pick right in three weeks. Uh, we pushed the higher lower on Bengals-Browns. They got exactly the, what the spread was, so we all tied there. Uh, but I have not gotten a correct pick each any of the last three weeks, so now I, I really need some... Uh, some magic to help me here. I, th- I felt a little more confident in these props this week than I have the uh, last, or sorry, it's been two weeks in a row I haven't gotten any right. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's what, uh, um, just, uh, yeah. So not, not, right, before, not great. 
Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, actually, one thing that was bad for us last week, all of us got our props wrong last week. We got smashed last week. Yeah. I didn't want to bring it up. but um, <laughs> Okay. Well, I, I brought up. At least you all picked the Browns. I did not. So you all got at least one point correct. But yeah, that was... Uh, that was... that was. I did wrong. pick the Browns. Yeah. Uh, you I all did. picked the Browns except me. Yeah. I was I was being, oh, no. Jamar Chase. It's no big deal. The Bengals are clearly better. No, that was clearly the wrong pick. Those, Miles those Garrett on Halloween, games. baby. Never those inter-division games Garrett. are tough, man. <laughs> Miles, Garrett, Miles, Miles Garrett, Chase, and Joe Burrow was a sight I will never Miles unsee. Garrett on Halloween. So before, before we head out, I want to give updates on all the Monday night guys that we know are out um, and just kind of talk about them going forward real quick. Sure. So, uh, you know, Gus Edwards with the hamstring, we know he's out. I think they're just being cautious because they got the bye week next week. So there's a chance, even maybe a good chance, that he could be back in week 11. And then, you know, we'll see what happens from there. J.K. Dobbins, um, he had his knee scope. And, you know, the, the question is, what's the diagnosis? I'm wondering if this is something called uh, arthrofibrosis, which is scar tissue that forms around the ACL graft and keeps the knee from flexing and extending. I think that's what Bakhtiari has. I think that's what he's been dealing okay. with since the, his surgery. If, so just it basically kind of it's scar, point earlier, scar tissue that forms around the graft and you lose flexibility in the knee. Um, probably a month away from coming back. So thinking around week 13, um, but he should be productive when he does come back. Recurrence for the, these things is really low. Um, and I think it'll help him gain his flexibility back and it should be just in time for the playoffs. <clears throat> Rashad Bateman, stop me. If we've heard this one before foot sprain and we're worried about it. Want to make sure it's not a Liz Frank. Well, what did it turn out to be a Liz Frank? So that was always on the table dating back to his initial injury in week four. Um, so now he's out for the rest of the year, but for those of you in dynasty leagues and things like that, same deal as ETN. If you believed in him before, believe in him now greater than 90%, 90% recovery rate for these. So this is a buy low opportunity, especially if people are soured on him after two years of not really producing, um, Mark Andrews with his shoulder. He missed practice all week. They got the buy next week. The concern is, could this be another Deandre Swift situation? So even if he does come back, re-injury is still possible. I think those that invested in Isaiah likely insurance, it's going to be money well spent, even just for peace of mind going forward down the stretch and into the playoffs. Um, Michael Thomas, this one, it, you know, I think it illustrates a good point. He dislocated his second toe and he has probable ligament damage there. So that's the reason that he's out. So even though it's not a major injury, which they said it's not a major injury, um, even a minor injury can undo a player's production if it's in the wrong spot. And if you have a dislocated toe and you're a wide receiver that has to cut and move and, and have all these, uh, you know, different movements and things like that, a toe injury is really going to hamper you. So, you know, I'm still you know, I think with him, the blood's running in the streets. I don't think anybody's going to be in on him yeah. next year. I would still, I, I think the ceiling is still there. I would still buy low on him. And if you end up with empty pockets, the acquisition cost is going to be really, really low. Um, yeah, imagine buying him after the 2019 season, right? Like it, you're not right. paying that price, even close to that price. So, right. So, you know, Where's... he's still got the potential to be great. He probably will move on from the saints. We don't know what it's going to look like, um, but that's where it's at. And then Jarvis Landry, like he's been out for a while with this ankle until we see him get back and do something. I, I think you have to kind of assume that he's going to be out until clearly a high ankle sprain, right? Get on. Like, I, I think at this point that. it's, yeah, I, I, I think at this point he's missed like what, five weeks or something like that. Yeah, this will be week five that he missed. So that does go along with a high ankle sprain, and it could be worse. Like, you know, you got to see him get back in practice and be able to move around before we can even consider that he's going to be back and playing. Doc, what is and that from? Blood running in the streets. 
scene. What is that? It's something my something my dad used to say. No, isn't it? Okay. Well, I, don't, I, I mean, it may be from something like just like a maybe a from something else, right? The blood's running the streets, meaning it's actually pretty gruesome, right? Like, oh, all these stocks failed, so all these stockbrokers they you know took yeah. the plunge, yeah. and oh, that's the time to buy. buy everything's completely buy chaos, when the blood is running in the streets is what he talking about. Drunk driving, suicide. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's we're, we're very more, but it's the post Halloween episode. I'm really disappointed you guys didn't show up in costume last week. By the way, if I was on the show, it's funny. I suggested it. I was gonna wear like referee. I would have been in on that. Pretend to be a referee. I was gonna like throw flags everywhere, but like Dan and Glass, like nah, they kiboshed that. So. I'm yeah. here with my touchdown vulture shirt because it's the Taysom Hill week. And yeah. I, I, I said something a couple weeks ago. The only teams we get twice are the Broncos and Patriots. That's actually wrong. We do get the Saints twice. So I will bring back the touchdown vulture shirt in a few weeks when nice. we have the Saints again. Yay. Assuming Taysom Hill is still active. If Taysom Hill gets hurt, I can't wear it because it's, <laughs> it's the Taysom Hill shirt. Okay. And that's the, okay. the you know, uh, oh, likely anytime touchdown over under. I was thinking he was talking about Kamara, like he'll likely get the anytime touchdown. Oh my God. And then, uh, so I was going to say that the taste, taste of Hill might mess it up for Kamara. And that might be the reason he doesn't get it as since he's the touchdown vulture. But yeah, I think it's a little late for now, but the likely anytime touchdown, <laughs> probably good. Right? No, Dan doesn't like it. Josh Oliver will vulture him and get that. Dis- those eight yards. Court, Dan doesn't like it. So right? if I get close, it's Lamar or Drake. I just don't. Yeah, sure. Anytime touchdown. Sure. Why not? But, the Saints are really good against tight end too, though. Yeah, I, I don't have much else going for them. I, By the I, way, I, just... I don't, I don't know if we fully got to just everyone's answer on this trade. I was a yes to to make this trade to upgrade to Hopkins. What's everyone's final answer on this one? Because I think we were all pretty much in favor of Myers and Waller to get Amon Ra. I think that I, we all, we're all in favor of. I, I'm cutting Tyler Higby. I'm adding Foster Moreau, and I am keeping DK Metcalf. Yeah, I'm not. Okay. I'm not making that trade. <laughs> Okay, yeah. my, my answer was basically whoever whichever wide receiver you like better that's the way you go like that's and it. that's personal preference so it's mm-hmm. like i don't have a strong feeling either way i like them both but whichever one you like that's the one that that's the side of the trade you go for don't worry about the higby part of it yeah, yeah and i guess I to me it was if, if i didn't think hopkins was a significant upgrade over metcalf i wouldn't do it because i would like oh they're the same tier but i really do see it as hopkins is a tier up on metcalf right now <laughs> These are like killing my head. All right, I have to go. Yeah, my dog needs to go to the bathroom. <laughs> That's fair, Gladys. Um, yeah, so we'll head out. Uh, check uh, goingfor2.com or Discord slash goingfor2.com for uh, you know you know seven hundred strong Discord channel. There's so many great people in there, so many great channels, including Doc's Injury Channel. Uh, some great things you can uh, discuss any topic you want in the Discord. Uh, also, uh, you know, Underdog, if you can't for tonight's game because it started, but for future games, join Underdog and use the promo code GF2. You can get a 100% deposit match up to $100, I think. Yes. I can't Dan's believe you guys are more impressed with the Rubik's Cube thing, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> underdog Rubik's Cube. You guys, right? are, t- you guys are a tough room, man. <laughs> uh, i I'm from Western Sydney, my friend. That sort of stuff will get you killed. (laughs) (laughs) Cubes in Australia? Nothing more, but don't. They killed them all. (laughs) That's not a Rubik's Cube. No, that's a Rubik's Cube. (laughs) My crocodile Dundee. Dundee, I got that one. That's assault. Uh, um, All right, before we assault your senses too much, we'll head out of here. On behalf of my great co-host, we've got Dr. James Freddy. We've got Discord Dam, the pro, the, the promo pimp himself, the, uh, the B-League says, 
Gladys, and of course, I'm Senra Says. And this was the Two Point Conversion Monday Night Pregame Show. We'll be back next week for Week 10. Bye for now. <laughs> Bye, guys.